Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Zurich Classic. And joining me to break it all down, it is Greg Ducharme. Greg, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Rick. I know we're uh, cutting into happy hour right now, so we'll try to get through this quickly. But hey, it's been a pretty pretty cool tournament so far. What have you thought? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this. I think it is there's there's different dynamics. The fact that we get um, two rounds where these guys are going to go absolutely nuts, and two rounds where you know even par is likely to be a good score. Uh, I think gives everybody a little bit of what they want. And I mean, let's let's just talk right about that here, Greg. Like the low round on Friday. Uh, so we are now in the alternate shot format was a 68. That was shot by Cameron Champ and Tony Finau. To put that into perspective, one day ago on Thursday, 61 of the 80 teams shot 68 or better. So it is like a completely different script when you get to alternate shot. Yeah. And, and, um, especially if you look at the bogeys and birdies and double bogeys, it's, it's really quite interesting. Um, so looking at round one, if you look at what, what kind of bogeys you got yesterday, you had for the whole day, 64 bogeys, you had one double bogey. Then if you go over to, if you go over to today's round, this highlights it perfectly. You had 247 bogeys and 38 double bogeys. Uh, and six others as well. So, I mean, it, it's a, it's a marketable difference, um, in, in what happens in difficulty from one format to another. But Rick, I guess the question I'm left with after two days, if you're sitting there and you made the cut after 36 holes, um, or if you're handicapping the event, do you think this format lends to comebacks? The, because you still have two, you get both formats again. So we have four ball tomorrow. We have uh, four sums on Sunday. Do you think that leads to comebacks or do you think that leads to it, it favors the leaders? I think what we'll see is um, there, there will be a little bit of movement on Sunday, but I think that we're going to know the four or five teams that really have a chance of winning this on this, this time tomorrow, I think, you know, you go out, you shoot something six, seven, eight under par, um, that keeps you in it, especially if you are one of the top teams. And then there's only going to be a few that are really in contention on Sunday. And then those teams, I think anything can happen because if they're within three or four shots, you can easily get a two shot swing. You can easily make a double in alternate shot on Sunday. So I I think we're going to have kind of a clear delineation on Saturday evening of the teams that are, that are in this thing. Right. Moving day. It's the 
the perfect format for moving day. You'll have a very good idea. And another thing, if you're coming from, you make a great point with two shot swings and how easily they can happen. Uh, I, I think you'll have many opportunities for that, but it depends on how many people you have to jump. So after tonight, uh, after tomorrow's round, I'll be looking at um, at, at how many is it like T10? If you if you're in tied tenth and you got to make up five shots, that's going to be really really hard. If you're in second and you got to make up five shots, that still has some life. So I, I think it um it, it'll have a lot to do with that as well because of the volatility. But at the same time, if you have a lot of people to jump, it's going to be hard to go out there and shoot much better than six. You're not going to see a 62 in alternate shot. I wouldn't. No. I mean, somebody may make me eat my words, but that would be for a team performance to go out there and shoot a number in the low 60s would be uh, hard to imagine. It would be like three shots better than anyone's ever shot in alternate shot in this format. Like, right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't if someone makes you eat your words on that one i'd be really really impressed there yeah. are two teams that stand alone at the top of this leaderboard on friday evening we'll go through each of them let's start with cameron champ and tony finau a 68 to go with their opening round 63 to put them at 13 under they did not make their first bogey of the event until the 12th hole on friday i got to admit it greg i was not very thrilled about this team coming in i i think that they have plenty of flaws of course they can get high and make birdies. But the thing that has stood out to me is I've been really impressed with Cam Champ this week. He has played from what I've seen. We don't have the strokes gain data by individuals, but I've seen a lot of their two rounds. Cam Champ has looked good. And that's like, that's, that's really impressive. It's, I think it's what's really boosting this team up to the top of the leaderboard. So I, I think good Cam Champ is really fun to watch. Um, he hits some really cool shots. The the ball flight that he hits is, um, aside from how much power there is, it's just a really cool ball flight. So I love watching him play. And you're right, Rick, they're not making mistakes right now. So the ball is starting online for both of these guys. They're keeping it in play. The tee shot he hit on 18 today sure. was so, I mean, it's so good. It's not easy to stand over that um, uh, and take that line on and it hit was it over so- that much water effortless Greg that he just he stepped up there he said I'm just gonna bite off however much of this hole I want and I'm just gonna pipe one down it was unbelievable you can tell these guys are kind of feeding off of one another they're working really well together and they these two look like a really good team and I get the sense watching them that they respect each other for that ability to hit because both of these guys you you could say effortless power with Finau's really short golf swing comparative to, you know, a, a Bryson or most long hitters don't have swings that are as short as Tony Finau's John Rahm would be the only other guy that comes to mind. So it's, it's like, how can he generate that much speed with that short of a swing? And then camp champ is just so smooth in his transition and the fluidity of it. And the ball just comes off like, I mean, at 189, 190, like, like he rolled out of bed with that, that- kind of ball speed. That t- that uh, tee shot he hit, on, he hit on 18 was essentially a two shot penalty for Sam Burns, who had to watch that and then go next. And he plunked it directly in the water. I don't yeah, did you I, think he was affected by that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because every because I mean, it, the, the way the wind was coming, you kind of had to take on the right side if you wanted to find the short grass. And Sam Burns hits it a long way. He is great with his driver. And I, I think there's a part of him that stood up there and said, ah. Hey, he can do that. I can do that too. Let me show you. And then big whoops. 
it was, it, it kind of, it, um, it highlighted camp champs drive even a little more because yeah. you sometimes watching on TV, they hit that shot and they know they pick up the T right away and they know where their landing area is, but you miss that just a little bit to the right. And all of a sudden the water comes into play so quickly. So while it lands in the middle of the fairway and it looks like there's plenty of room, there's a lot less than, um, than TV gives you credit for. So I, look, I, I agree with you, Rick. I think champs playing really, really well. Um, and I think this, I think this format gives Tony Finau a little bit of, uh, the break he needs. <laughs> I, I think the pressure that you're feeling as a 36 hole leader tonight in this format is less than, uh, an individual event. And I think we, there's always that kind of built in ex- excuse is probably unfair, but there's that extra layer to this. We were chatting before we went hot about how on brand this would be for Tony Finau to have two wins on the PGA tour, one being the Puerto Rico open and the other being the team event, the Zurich classic. And we would still be like, Oh, well, he hasn't won a real event yet. Yeah. Like, we, like <laughs> yeah. it would be, Right. <laughs> hasn't won an individual event since. <laughs> so I know, I know you think that Hovland is some kind of sorcerer and just above the curse, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if would this, <laughs> and it's also way more fun with feet, why, watching Fido and still correlating it back to the curse of the Puerto Rico open. Yeah. Would you count this as a curse lifted if Fino and champ win this week? No, he's got, he's got to do it by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has to. He the has curse to. lives on. Uh, the curse lives on. Speaking of that team, the, the Victor Hovland, Christopher Ventura team, they are the other team at sitting at 13 under their two shots clear along with champ and Finau of the chase pack. They played well, a three under 69 with a double on the car. They made double on 16. This to me, you know, you get a guy who is, you know, a top 15 player in the world paired with a guy who is, I don't know what I, his official world golf ranking for venture is probably 300 and something. Uh, but the, the feels, the vibes, the good naturedness, the experience playing with one another, I mean, goes super far in this format. It It's something, this format to me highlights this aspect of professional golf, which I found to be really cool this week. These guys are really, really good. And if you went to their, their club and watched any sing, any player in this field, any player in this field and watch them hit balls, you would think they're going to win this week, right? You would be really, you'd be really impressed unless they were really struggling and adamant and showing it and giving you one handed finishes and snap, which you don't see from tour players. So these guys are all really good and they're all really capable of winning. And so I want to tell this little story that um, I, I think kind of relates to when you see a guy like, like Ventura or Uline or, um, you know, some of these other guys that you didn't expect, you know, Pat Perez, some of these guys you may not have expected to be near the top of the leaderboard. Well, I remember when I was at medalist and Tiger would, would show up. This was at a time when Tiger was battling injury. He was kind of back and forth and wasn't really playing very much and wasn't playing very well, but he was kind of making a comeback and there was so much buzz around the club and it was even getting into the media. People saying, Oh, tiger, tiger looks really good. And he does. I saw it with my own eye. It's so impressive watching him hit it. And you always have this thought that when you're on the range, Oh, he mean, he meant to do that. You know, it, it draws a little bit. Oh, and then he hits a fade the next, Oh, he, you know, he's working it. He's really shaping the ball, but it's extremely impressive. 
And then he would go out and, and, you know, miss a cut or something. And everybody said, oh yeah, Tiger's going to win when he comes back. And, and so there's this, the point of that whole story is that every single player out here is really good and they're all really capable of shooting good scores. And when you get some chemistry like Ventura and Hovland have, and you get a nice mixture in their games with a great ball striker and a great putter in Ventura, this is the kind of result you get. So it's been, it's been fun to watch. I, I do that too on the range when I um when I thin one and it doesn't get more than ten feet off the ground. That was me trying to hit a stinger, you know. Yeah, you club it, twirl it low. Yeah, right. Yeah, I meant club that. twirl, hands forward, walk <laughs> after it. Let's talk a couple about a couple other teams here, uh, and I'm going to scroll deep for this one. And I'm very near the bottom of the leaderboard, and I find uh, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf, who shot a 77 in alternate shot here on Friday. They weren't really all that great in best ball either. They were only two under on that side of the coin. And um, whether you have the stats or not, it looked a lot like. Matthew Wolf just continued to struggle. He did not look like he was having much fun out there. Um, this continues kind of a stretch of golf for him that is curious to say the least. It is just, uh, it's a pretty bad spot for Wolfie right now. It's tough when your partner, if you're a Morikawa and your partner's really struggling, um, especially in this format. It's one thing you go out um, in, in the first round and shoot 70 and you're two under, but you feel like, you know, you're still in it, but you need a good round. And then you just don't have it. And that's frustrating and it's hard to play. And, and it's even harder, obviously, an alternate shot. So I, I think that was a challenge for Morikawa and obviously for Wolf. And no, that's when pressure builds. Pressure in an event like this builds not when you're playing well, getting closer to the lead, at least for today. It, it builds when you're struggling, when things aren't going well and you feel like you're letting your partner down. And Matthew Wolf had to feel he had to feel that way. I'm, I'm just letting Morikawa down. And it's yeah. it's hard. It makes it hard to perform because you, you want to have confidence when you're playing. You want to feel good about the shots that you've been hitting and you're going to hit. And you want to go into it with a really positive. And, it, and it's hard when it goes bad and you're letting somebody else down rather than yourself. It's, it's a different talking to when it's I'm, I'm doing this to him and I'm doing this for me. And then you only get half the reps. You only get half the chances to fix it. So it, it's a tough thing. It, it was a kind of a tough tournament. I, I maybe, I mean, it's surprising. It was surprising to me. Most of these guys institute a, like a no apology rule. Like we're not going to apologize to one another for shots that we hit. Yeah, you have to, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You feel it anyway. Right. You, you still know, it. I mean, just because I'm not saying it doesn't mean I don't feel sorry yeah, about it. <laughs> right. I'm not allowed to say sorry, but I'm sorry. What can I, I mean, I, I, I'm trying my best. You know that, but this isn't what you, this isn't what you signed up for. Right. You yeah. signed up for the Matthew Wolf that's runner up in the US Open. Tied fourth at the PGA, right? Not not this guy. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the odds for the weekend. And we got a big cat sighting on Friday. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about 
those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. All right, Greg, it is Friday evening. Tony Finau and Cam Champ are the favorites to win this event. They're plus 225, according to our friends at William Hill. Uh, what could possibly go wrong with Tony Fidal being a favorite on a Friday evening, but they are uh, a hair ahead of Christopher Ventura and Victor Hovland. They're three to one. Bubba Watson, Scotty Scheffler, five and a half to one. Those are the only three teams in single digits. And of course, the Watson Scheffler team is two back of the other two. Yeah, it's... um. I think it's really interesting. And with t- tomorrow's format, if you're champ and fee now, you could go out there and shoot 64 and lose two sh- two shots in an instant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it, you could lose more. So you got to go out and play. You still have to go play. If it was alternate shot the rest of the way, I'd feel really good about these guys because you can you can make pars and you can hang in there and fend off a charge. But tomorrow in the, in the um, best ball in the better ball format, you're not going to, there's no def, you can't fend off these teams. So, I, I mean, I, I still think um, even the guys like Rom and Palmer down there, they're at eight under, I think they have a real chance. Um, McDowell and, and Wallace, I think still all the guys at eight under, I think still have a really good chance and it wouldn't take long for the seven unders to have a really good chance too, right? Imagine a, a 62 coming out. All of a sudden you're at 17 tomorrow. I think 17 going into Sunday is still kind of a live score. Yeah. I think that uh, in terms of those three teams that we mentioned at the top, the, the Watson Scheffler team, I, I think their best format is best ball where they could go and make a bunch of birdies. And if they get a little lucky post something really low, I think there are teams that are better on Saturday than Sunday. You mentioned it. the Palmer uh, John Rom team, I think is better in best ball. I, I think they can make a move. I think that the, like the Keegan Brendan Steele team, like they could make a move. I just think that some of these teams are built better for best ball and some are built better for alternate shot. If that makes sense. Um, the one thing I'll say to that, Rick, is I was really impressed with Watson and Scheffler today. I mean, they were one off yeah, the best, so yeah. right? They were one off the best uh, score of the day. So, and Bubba had some, he had some really cool short game shots and they seem to have kind of a, it's kind of a good thing going, right? You know, we're, we didn't want to play with each other <laughs> and it's like very obvious and we kind of, well, I was eighth in line, <laughs> very obvious. right? Yeah, yeah. There's that kind of humor to it and it's just working. They both like accepted it and they're totally, they're happy to be here. They're happy to be playing because they had such a hard time getting a partner. So yeah, it was, uh, it, I think that team's a really interesting team to watch, but I do see your point. I, I think, I mean, I don't know, Rick. I could argue that every team here is built better, with the exception of Rose and Stenson. Every team here is built better for best ball than foursomes. Yeah, I, I also think that if you're looking at this board on Friday night, I w- I kind of want to just make I would make smaller bets on the teams that are like 40, 50, and sixty because if you get a big move on Saturday, these odds are gonna just get sliced oh, yeah, like the leg. You know what I mean? Down. So so I think this is your like this you know t- tomorrow night we can you you might want to bet the shorter guys as we go into alternate shot, but I would start sprinkling on some of these longer guys. I hope they go out like they could shoot yeah. sixty tomorrow. Yeah, it's a good 60. idea. Who yeah. do you think, who, who are you looking at that say past, uh, you know, outside of the top you, three, that's going to make a big move tomorrow. You mentioned the McDowell Wallace group. Um, yeah. 
That's a sneaky good group. So Wallace is, I mean, for a while has been awesome from tee to green. Uh, McDowell loses strokes off the tee, but he doesn't miss fairways, which is always handy too. So like, I think that you could see a situation where McDowell plays kind of the steady man and never, you like, they'll never make bogey. They'll never have long putts for par or whatever. And Wallace could jump and, you know, Wallace could kind of force things. The other one is um, this, 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 the Keegan Bradley, Brendan Steele group, they are either going to crash and burn or they're going to shoot a 60. Like that's, that's kind of the way I feel about them. And they're 50 to one, the Wallace and McDowell group, they're 66 to one. I just worry about their putt. I worry about Steele and and yeah. Keegan putting. And in tomorrow's format, when you have to, you you have to go crazy in a way, make a ton of birdies. I worry about them just getting ice cold and not installing out tomorrow. Whereas McDowell and Wallace, I think McDowell can kind of light a spark for Wallace in a way. Um, I inspire I really like him. Yeah, right. I like that team a lot. And yeah, uh, me too. Before we get out of here newsworthy thing because tiger woods just uh said oh the 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 new pip bonus the new the new pip money i got you i'm just gonna post i'm gonna post something on social and just jolt myself right up to the top and we got the first photo essentially posted uh from tiger woods since his car accident is a photo of him and his dog out there on what is uh what we it's his backyard greg right i mean we know he's been under they're, they're, they're redoing the whole playing area that he has back there. And he says, my course is coming along faster than I am, but it's nice to have a faithful rehab partner, man's best friend. And that right there, Jacob shows us is the photo. Yeah. It's um, it's well, first of all, it's really good to see him upright. You know, that's a kind of a yeah. nice thing. You don't know what this situation is like and all, all you're left with, with, with tiger and, um, because they don't release a lot of information and even when they do release information it's it's usually very vague we we wonder and rumors start to spread right i mean i've heard rumor that this is still really bad and um and they're like it, it wasn't coming along very well and amputation is still on the table Right. I mean, I've heard, I heard that rumor. This is what happens there when you don't rumors, get a lot of info. There were rumors that he already had the leg amputated. Like, I mean, it's the, <laughs> the craziest <laughs> stuff is out there. So it right. is absolutely nuts. <laughs> and that's what happens when you don't have real information. So seeing him upright, seeing him smiling, you don't know what's under there. Those rumors could, I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's already been <laughs> amputated. So I'm going to assume that that didn't happen, yeah. but, but you, you don't know what's going on under there, but it makes me feel a lot better. I mean, yeah, he's up, he's out on the, he, he's out up and at it on crutches. So yeah, I feel, uh, I'm happy for him. As am I. And I'm sure the next time that uh, he posts an update, we will be here to talk about it. But for now, uh, I think that'll do it, Greg. This is it. Happy. It's been fun, Rick. It's been fun. Uh, Round three recap. And of course, round four recaps coming after each of those rounds. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.
I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. 